The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Dan Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you really need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available, of course, wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the little notify bell next to it. Make sure you always get your new Going In Raw notifications. Boy, oh boy, what a week of wrestling this has been, Larson. Oh my gosh. Wow, the floodgates are opening uh, uh, John Moxley unloading earlier oh, in the man. week. Spit hot fire. Yeah. Now uh, we're filming this on a Wednesday. Yeah. No word on if there's going to be some sort of response, blowback, backlash. Who knows? Uh, maybe there has been at this point. But uh, we're filming this right, right when uh, things are pretty hot. And uh, you can get on this show, Matt Chat, twenty dollars a month on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. This is my favorite show. I love looking at all these video questions yeah, and uh, and then talking about uh, the world of wrestling. So, uh, given that John Moxley earlier this week on Talk is Jericho uh, came out and just straight up said, yeah, Vince is the problem. That's why WWE's creative isn't really in the state that it should be. Yeah. It's all in Vince. It is. Uh, the Raptor here has a question about Vince himself. Let's see what he has to say. Greetings, Stephen Austin. It is I, the Raptor. With another Matt Chat question, because that's the intro. So John Moxley did what he had to do to the WWE. But will investors ever wake up and realize that it is Vince who has failed not only them, but wrestling? Go Raptors. That's right. Go myself. Thank you, the Raptor. Thank you, the Here, Raptor. First, you're doing some over there. And seeing you have the arrow point to my answer, so you means you agree with my answer. And this is the only way investors will ever give a damn about Vince and what he does. <laughs> is if Vince's <laughs> booking money. decisions, behavior, whatever, costs them money. Otherwise, they could care less. WWE just signed two massive TV deals. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing stockholders now reaping uh, a, a, a pretty decent windfall courtesy of dividends. Um, and for those who bought low and haven't sold yet, uh, at a certain point, uh, assuming the bottom doesn't completely fall out of WB stock, they will uh, have a pretty nice profit should they sell their stocks. No, no one on the board cares, um, so long as they're not in danger of losing any money. Now, that's not to say that uh, bad creative won't eventually lose to them, uh, lead to them losing money. Definitely could. If There, there, there are some things. I'll, I'll go ahead and take over from here, because it's essentially the same answer. You're right. It's if they lose money. Uh I don't think all hope is lost. I think that they can lose money. There's a lot of things we don't know about these TV contracts. Um, there has been some speculation out there that WWE is already doing make goods on advertisements. Um, just anecdotally speaking, there's no actual like insider info on that. And that's why there's been more advertisements on Raw that's been, that, that have been running. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's possible that the networks uh, very well expect a certain number when it comes to the ratings. And in fact, the 24 seven 
ruled title. Uh, apparently was a suggestion by USA Network, and they sent WWE a bunch of suggestions uh, as to how to improve ratings. That's the first time we've heard of a network actively getting involved in the creative process, so they understand there's a problem. Um, if ratings continue to decline, if WWE, if, if, if something in Saudi Arabia happens that turns into a PR, you know, another PR disaster, and WWE is forced to pull out of that deal, that takes a big chunk of revenue out. That will that alone will send stock prices not falling, but they'll drop. Yeah, yeah. And if ratings get so bad, uh, I don't know if there are any clauses in either the TV deals that protect the networks. Uh, should ratings go directly in the toilet um, if, for some reason, Raw or SmackDown Live are canceled? Ooh. Yeah, I don't know if cancellation is like. I can't believe. It. I have no idea. Uh, certainly, Fox would be essentially give WWE a blank check for five years. You know, there's got to be some baseline. We've heard the number three million. That's what they want to hit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I I think that things things would have to get significantly worse. Although I do I do think that if they experienced, I mean, I, I don't know. I I have no idea how much WWE pulling out of the Saudi Arabia deal would affect if. There's a, there's there's a lot of moving pieces. They have to satisfy obviously their shareholders. They have to satisfy sponsors. Uh, they have to satisfy networks. Um, there are morality clauses all over the place. Probably I know with the company and, and the superstars for sure. Um, but you know if all the big big money sponsors told WWE, hey, you need to pull out of that Saudi Arabia deal because we're not going to sponsor your product anymore because it's toxic. That's gonna that's gonna be messed up. I don't know. I mean, at some point, it's like when you grab for so much money, uh, you're you're taking a risk on a couple well, different fronts. There's generally, strings attached to all that money. Whereas if you don't perform to this level, eh, mm-hmm. oh, you want to sponsor you, but you're involved in all this messed up stuff. Eh. That Saudi Arabia deal is a risky one. Oh, it really is. Yes. They're so they're so they're like what less than they're like a year and change into it. Yeah. It started what, la- right after last year's mania yeah. was the first one. Yep. They're super, that it's like a 10 year deal. Yep. And things don't, they're not, they're not getting any better in Saudi Arabia. Like they're still doing stuff over there. The government, um, all it's going to take is just a big, you know, it only takes, sometimes it just takes one story mm-hmm. to just go like eight, you know, just completely crazy. So, uh, yeah, well, it's just, it comes down to money. That's the bottom line. Yep. Uh, next from Joshua Martinez. Hey, friendos, Joshua Martinez here. So, with everything happening happening lately, like this past twenty four hours, John Moxley's uh, interview with Chris Jericho, and contrast the whole communication there with Vince and the writers. Contrast that with you know Chuck Taylor and Cody Rhodes talking about the best friends entrance video. Do you think overall that AEW can keep up this great persona or image that they are for the boys, by the boys? Um, It'll be interesting to see if things change or how they change once they get weekly television. Um, I'm really pulling for them. So just wondering your thoughts on that. Thanks, Windows. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, I'll take this one and then you can interrupt me. Uh, can what is it? Can Ollie Wrestling keep up the idea of their promotion for? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? It, here's the funny thing. It, the funny thing is this, because at first I was like, yeah, they've they've set a really difficult standard to keep. And you think about it, they really haven't. 
they just sort of treat people like people and they're not megalomaniac megalomaniacs over there. They just seem to treat their wrestlers with respect and they focus the product on their wrestlers and then get the wrestlers involved in the creative development of the, of the product. And that doesn't really seem to be now what they are going to have to, I hope that they've learned a bit of a lesson from the POC thing in that when you have wrestlers who have other commitments elsewhere, um, you got to be really careful about signing on those wrestlers if those commitments may potentially get in the way down the line. Uh, Pac was a really big deal. And the show, Double or Nothing, ended up being so amazing that nobody was sitting there saying, man, that show was really lacking in something because it really wasn't. That being said, I would have loved to have seen Hangman Page versus Pac. I think mm-hmm. that would have been great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there's going to be, I, I, I hope that their, their learning curve, I hope the, the lessons that they have to learn don't become, there isn't so many of them that it turns into a bit of a black eye. So far, they're on a really good road. They have some really smart people there. So I think they can, I think, yeah, I think. I think a lot of what you need to know is in that brief text exchange uh, Chuck put on Twitter between himself uh, uh, Trent and Cody Rhodes about their Titantron, their wall video, as, as AEW calls it. Where in WWE, I'm sure wrestlers have no input into any of that. None. And here's Cody sending early drafts saying, Hey, what are your thoughts? They offer a couple of suggestions and they're incorporated into it. Mm-hmm. Wow, collaboration. What a thought. Yeah. Um, getting your wrestlers to invest their creative energies into the, your product is a huge thing. They feel like they have equity in the, in the company at that yeah. point. Yeah. Whether they actually do or not, they feel like they're invested in it. Um, so I think it's, it's entirely possible they can keep up the idea that they're a, a company for wrestlers, by wrestlers. And I'll get into this more in our next question. I, but I, there is one thing they need to uh, be conscious of, and it's not to put themselves over, themselves being the elite. I know mm-hmm. it is all elite wrestling. They're the cornerstones of the promotion. I'm talking the Young Bucks, Kenny, and Cody specifically. Um, it, and they've avoided this perception thus far based on how they booked double or nothing yep. that they 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 started this promotion to book themselves as top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, even the elite members who won, I didn't get the sense that they were doing it just to put themselves over. Mm-hmm. It was logical based on story. Um, I was a bit surprised the young bucks won. However, when Kenny lost the main event, all right, made sense. Yeah. Everything has to come in balance. So uh, as long as they're conscious of that, uh, I don't think there's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking of which, Gion Halili has a question. Take it away. What's up, friendos? This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Gion Halili. Uh, back at you with another Matt Chat question for the week. And um, plain and simple, Double or Nothing was an amazing show. Uh, there wasn't too much wrong with it i'm sure if i were to nitpick or if people were to nitpick there are some but now that double or nothing is done uh what pitfalls does aew need to avoid in order to put on a competitive show to compete against uh wwe let me know your thoughts uh yeah hope you guys had fun in vegas too sweet and hearty handshake bye guys thank you Gion. two things they need to do first i mentioned they can't book themselves to win too much. Yep. They book themselves to win too much, and then people are going to look at this as a vanity project and nothing else. Let, let, me, let me interject really quick there. Um, 
they need to be careful about second guessing themselves as it pertains to perception about them booking themselves. Totally. They should too, not, right. Yeah, exactly. It's it's it's, it's a uh, it, yeah. It's it's kind of a catch twenty two because if you book yourself to lose all the time, then people are going to be like, well, I want to see the elite do well. If you, I, I trust that they're going to put story first. Exactly. Like just for example, the Young Bucks going over the uh, the Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect. Uh, and then, but they have like a third match. They announced the rematch coming up in a couple of weeks in AAA. And I, yeah. if, if, if they announced the rematch beforehand, uh, which I don't know why they would have, um, then, then, uh, maybe my pick would have been different. Co- Cody beating Dustin makes all the all sense, sense storyline wise. Totally. Sorry, totally. Go ahead. You know, in terms of the redemption of Dustin Rhodes. Yes. And Jericho beating Omega makes perfect sense storyline wise. Um, so I talked about that a little bit already. Uh, another thing they need to be careful of is signing too many talents formerly of WWE Impact Ring of Honor. They don't want to be, have the perception. Um, I mean, the Moxley signing makes all the sense in the world. He's a main event guy. Um, they don't want to have the perception that they're essentially a dumping grounds for men and women who couldn't make it in WWE. Give me a name. Well, I think we kind of we saw him at Double Nothing, Sean Spears. He looked great. Yeah. He got a great reaction. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of him. Um, he never really got an opportunity on the main roster. Um, and if it's, a, if, it's a, if, if it's a if it's a situation where he can come in, which he's not signed full-time to All Elite right now, it's my understanding. If he can come in and they take advantage of the fact that there's a lot he did not do in WWE, give him an opportunity to showcase what he can do, then that's fine. But I don't want a situation where there's someone that used to be in WWE and they bring them in just to fill out the roster. You know, mm-hmm. um, if they think there's someone that is a former WWE or Impact or Ring of Honor talent who just didn't, who's immensely talented, but just didn't get the opportunity they think they deserved, and ha- is given an op- opportunity to showcase their talents and prove that they belong on that on that stage, hell yeah, absolutely. But if if say Zack Ryder got released and they just bring him in to, as an extra hand. Give that opportunity to someone who doesn't have the experience of WWE. Yeah, you know, someone from the independents. Yep, I agree with that. I'm gonna. I, I agree with all that. I'm also gonna say, uh, I'm sure they understand what their uh, expectations might be for ratings. Um, but man, that's a huge unknown. The last time WWE had a North American competitor on a channel that uh, that was of comparable size to to USA TNT. Uh, was literally twenty, like in in terms of in terms of the, the the media landscape, it's literally not anywhere close to what it is now. Like it's just a completely different landscape now, and so I'm not sure what their expectations are. Uh, they seem to, with every endeavor, they seem to have tempered expectations, and then when they exceed those expectations, it's like, wow, that's great. Let's not get in over our heads with anything. Uh, this deal by by every metric seems to be a really, really good one for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure these TV people may know what they're doing. So, uh, yeah, I guess as long as they continue to uh, not put the horse uh, before the carriage. If that's, is that the phrase? Cart the car- before the horse. Cart before the horse. <laughs> because the cart can't. The cart can't, can't drive, make, man. Can't make the horse, the horse, the has, horse to has to go in make, front of it. Yes, to make the cart go. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, as long, the horse. as long as they don't do that, uh, then they should be fine. Yes.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Next from Philly Flexer. Okay. Hey, guys. This is your boy Philly Flexer with my Matt Chat question of the week. You know, I was doing some thinking. I have seen how since AEW has sprouted up or whatnot, a lot of people are already saying their product is better and stuff like that this year. But I honestly feel like it's not that their product is better. It's just different. It's actual pro wrestling while WWE is what it is, sports entertainment. And I feel like that's kind of what people have kind of forgotten about or whatnot that WWE is presenting something something different than everybody else is trying to present. And my question to y'all is, do y'all feel like WWE needs to stop going in the sports entertainment route and go back to the pro wrestling route? I understand the PG thing, but I feel like we can find a middle ground or whatnot to where WWE can be a pro wrestling company again and not sports entertainment. I don't know what you guys think. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank Steve, you, Philly please. Flexer. Uh, yes. What is his question? <laughs> oh God, no, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything. He just wanted Vince. Just it's, it's all pro wrestling. I'm sorry. What do they do in the middle of the ring? They pro wrestle. They wrestle professionally. It's what they do. There's no, there's no difference between pro wrestling and sports entertainment. You can maybe try to nitpick and say, Oh, it's more characters and, and stuff. But back before they call sports entertainment, there's still silly characters and nonsense. So no, I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't. I, I, I don't care. If they call it pro wrestling. I don't care. If they call it sports entertainment. They're doing the same thing. There, there's no distinction really in terms of what's presented on screen. But there is a distinction in how Vince wants his company to be perceived. He was trying to elevate WWE above 
you know, the stigma of pro wrestling. So he calls it sports entertainment. Yeah, I get that. He's trying to deny what he truly is effectively. That's I, I and, think that he's trying to. That's just him being him trying to make a difference to people who pay the bills. And that I, I don't I honestly don't even know. I don't know. I don't really care what Vince feels or thinks or whatever, because he's so weird. It's 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 all the same thing. Well, I think you you, you just mentioned he's weird in in these kind of whimsical uh, 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 redefinitions of who and what his company is. It just speaks to his fickle nature. It's 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 just it's symptomatic of of his mindset that he is the end all be all of sports entertainment. I guess um, it's just it, it is it's it is meaningless, but it's also needless. You know, like just just realize what you are. And just be what you are. Yeah. Why do you have to call yourself different? Because you're trying to appeal to stockholders. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I actually, just, I don't really see a problem with that. But like the, I don't like the stigma. Whatever stigma there was for being a pro wrestling fan doesn't exist anymore. Like you know, they only really did that for a little while, anyways. Like What's that? they only really did that for like. Remember how like you kind of weren't allowed to say pro wrestler on on WWE they programming. Really don't say much anymore either. Yeah, they do. I mean, oh, they don't. They don't say this is a pro wrestling program. But they do things like they let the revival talk about pro. Did whenever you, did whenever you, a more purist wrestler character comes along, they always say, see, "I'm a pro wrestler." Did you see some tweet they had about somebody, and they called him a sports entertainment enthusiast? I know, man. It's I mean, honestly, the verbal gymnastics they have to go through to adhere to Vince's uh, kind of. So I'll, I'll I'll give you this: Do they need to stop being a sports entertainment program? I think that the question really is: Should they? Should they? Should they loosen their belt a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Should they, should they chill out a little bit? Yes. That's one of the problems. It's just it's a, it it feels so overly corporate and mm-hmm. so sanitized. You know, this corporate talk that's attached to to the company when the typical pro wrestling terms work perfectly fine. Man, I don't care about what they call it. I want good stories and good characters. That has nothing to do with what they call it. I don't think it's going to happen while they call it sports entertainment because Vince is still going to be in charge. I think if, if Vince was gone, Triple H would call it sports entertainment too. I think they're not going to well, change he that. might, but I don't know if they're just going to change it, but it's definitely not going to change at all while Vince is still there. No, I agree with that, but yeah, I, that has nothing to do with the product. Vince is the problem with the product, not what it's called. Who, who dubbed the sports entertainment Vince? Yeah, but there's a lot bigger problems than that, man. Vince is the problem. Next, Christopher Ampersad. Hello, Steven Larson. So my question is, do you think they will ever drop this wall card finals things? I'm finding very boring and very annoyed. Especially with Monday night, you know, seeing like Dolph coming, it felt like a recap of SmackDown on Raw, and then Roman just coming for a cameo to stick in us. Hey, I'm here. Do you think they would just end this wild card final? I feel like it's going nowhere, and nothing's as motivating, creative, or nothing. Or well, what ways would you find to make it fun? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, will they drop the wild card rule only when they drop the brand split? You think so? Um, yeah, because their indication is that uh, now that they got their two uh, main roster programs with two different networks, both those networks want access to the same talent. Uh, therefore, uh, they got to appease the networks for the next five years. Why they didn't see this coming, I don't know. Um, so, so long as both networks want their want Roman Reigns on their program, they're going to have some sort of uh, either hard or soft. Uh, elimination of the brand split. Right now, we got a soft one with this wild card rule. Um, where there's, what, four people, apparently, can cross brands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so long as Network is leaning on WB uh, to get the top stars on both shows, yeah. I think that... 
I think that things will probably. I think what we'd, we'd probably see. I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I think that we might see a situation where, if things, as you say, the the soft dropping of the brand split, uh, if that continues, which it probably will, because they have they have way too many people to actually drop the brand split. Mm-hmm. That continues. I could see them maybe. I mean, six months from now, are they still going to be saying this person's over here thanks to the wild card rule? I think that it's. I mean, I don't put it past the WWE to keep on being stupid and ridiculous. I don't know if they're going to keep saying wild card rule ad nauseum. They might just kind of drop reference to the wild card rule while having the wild card rule. I think that's what we're going to get. They might not call it wild card rule, but the same principle will apply. We're yeah, that's going to that's going to be in perpetuity. I don't think they're going to have a complete dropping of the brand split. I think that we're going to have the wild card rule around. They're just not going to call it that. Yeah, but they won't call it anything. Effectively, be the wild card rule. Yeah, if they don't name it as such or don't have a name applied to. Yeah, the bottom line is one way or the other, Roman Reigns is going to be on both shows. Yep. <laughs> Probably every week. Yep. All right, Larson, what's our next question? Next from Lost My Sanity. Take it away. Steve Larson. My name is Lost My Sanity, and I am a new patron and first time match chatter. And I was wondering commentary in the WWE can get downright frustrating and annoying. With Vince in their ears, things usually go downhill fast. So I was wondering, in your opinion, what is the worst thing that the commentary team says? Personally, I think it's when Michael Cole just screams out, they just love having fun. Because who doesn't love having fun? Everybody loves having fun. And I also think it's doing the wrestlers a disservice because I think that every wrestler in the WWE, at least to a certain extent, should be about competition and putting them in that, or labeling them as they just love having fun, makes them seem less serious than the rest. I don't know, that's just my opinion. Now it's up to you guys. Thank you, Lost My Sanity. Now you can find uh, Lost My Sanity on YouTube. Yes. Obviously, that was a very slick. Oh, can yeah. we get that guy to do some editing for us? Because, yeah, my man. God, that was awesome. That was great. That's like he's he's the successor to, uh, to nonstop, player. nonstop player. That's right. That was great. Uh, but anyways, his question was. Something the commentary does that annoys you. Oh, man. Probably just when it's so... So I mentioned this earlier, like, they're just overly corporate. Like some Michael Cole, who actually, when he's not... When he doesn't have Vince feeding him lines, and it's, he's he's pretty good. Like, if you watch him on... Uh, what did he do? Like, the UK the, tournament? The, the first UK no. tournament with Nigel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the ant's back on the scene. Oh, really? Where's the ant? Right Where? Right the light's pipe block. Oh, look at that. You. Boy, he's quick. Well, he's an ant. Yeah. Look at that, man. Anyways, uh, yeah, when they make it so obvious that Vince is just like screaming in their ear, when they're not being natural, when they're using too many buzzwords like wildcard rule, when, uh, yeah, all that stuff, when they just, when they're not having fun, I like when they're having fun out there. That's, that's my, that's what bugs me. Um, when they just go on constant tangents during a match and don't bother trying to enhance the story being told in the ring. 
and you talked about Michael Cole because on Raw on a regular basis, he'll call the action, but it's not necessarily to enhance the story being told in the ring. Whereas on that first United Kingdom tournament when he was doing commentary with Nigel, who was an expert at that. Yeah, he's great. He actually facilitated the, the story being told. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really happen very often on Raw, I notice especially. Yeah. SmackDown's a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but like NXT, 205 Live, um, uh, pretty much anything Nigel's on does it excellent. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. excellent. Where they're actually, it's reminiscent of New Japan commentary at their best. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Kelly, and especially Kevin Kelly and, and Steve Carino, but now Don Callis, they all did an excellent job of, of, of enhancing the story being told in the ring. And more than anything, that's what I want from my announcers. Mm-hmm. And far too often, especially on Raw, they just don't do that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, next from Cult of False Realities. What's up, Steven Larson and all the friendos out there? Cult of False Realities here. Back with another match chat question. Guys, it's been a couple weeks, and I still hate this 24-7 title. I know people might like it because of the comedy I expect. But we just got done watching Double or Nothing, which was like a 9 out of 10, damn near perfection show. And WWE needs to step it up. So my question is, should they have brought back a title? You know, like the European title, light heavyweight title, somewhat, something like that. Or should they have made a new title, on, you know, instead of this 24-7 title, like a workhorse title where the stipulation is, you have basically an open challenge every show. And you have to present it on every single show. Like they said, they're going to do with the 24-7 title where it's going to be on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, um, NXT UK, NXT, all that stuff. And I guess I'll do a part two with this. Whoever, whoever decides that they should have brought back a title, what three titles should they have brought back? Too sweet, hearty headshake. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. Thank you. Uh, so I'm going to say... Oh, well, you go first on this one. Oh, first do I? Last one. Yeah, I went first on the last one. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, championship belts don't really matter that much in WB anymore. So no, 24-7 no, no, is fine. Really? They yeah, don't. they don't really... How, how often do have we said that uh, we like a particular wrestler to be champion because they make the belt feel important a lot? Yeah. Because... This company doesn't treat belts as they're terribly important unless Brock Lesnar's holding it. Yeah. Um, Far too often, uh, championship belts aren't treated with any significance or any real importance. I view them more as, and I don't know why I do this, but I think a lot of people just view it for, I view it as like, oh, that guy deserves some recognition. Yeah, deserves the job well done. Yeah, I understand that. Um, But yeah, so no, I don't really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. 24 7 belts. You know, it's provided some some entertainment, some comedy of the show, and and it's. It's one of the few instances on, on, on SmackDown that feels somewhat spontaneous and organic and somewhat alive. So I'll take that. Far too often, everything feels so structured and corporate and stale and sterile. Give me the spontaneity. I'm fine you know with that. You know what's really annoying, too, is like going back to belts not meaning much. It's like, how are we supposed to... Why are we supposed to care? Samoa Joe and the U.S. title, right? It's like nobody should be able to take that thing off him. People should be... Even people like above him in the pecking order should be f- afraid to come back down and I see some lost by roll up, but he loses this thing with his shoulders so far off the mat and nobody says anything. Oh, big deal. His shoulder was like 
three feet off the mat. The, the rest ruling stands or something. And it's like this like is that. supposed to be a prestigious title. Yeah, they're nothing true. And with they prestige. don't care. Like it's like, mm-hmm. oh yes, oh well, give it to Ray has it now. Well, so, now he's sorry. Hurt, so he can just give it up. So, I mean, those refs are so. Yeah, make the damn thing mean something. Mm-hmm. As far as the twenty four seven title, I thought uh, SmackDown this week had a, had a decent thing. How they like sort of dovetailed our uh, truths oh, escaped from Drake Maverick into the ring. And then they sort of put that into the a story. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, I mean, maybe I like the idea of the workhorse title. Something like that is kind of a cool idea. That was traditionally always supposed to be the IC title. And they just give it to Finn Balor because he probably should be like universal champion, but they're not going to well, do then that. He, he has it. And he hasn't been on TV in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And there's that too. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be as much of a comedy belt, but like you said, no, whatever. I mean, it's like twenty four seven titles. You know, the idea of it, the idea of the network title is cool. I like that idea. If they had not made this a comedy title or and more of a this guy could actually show up anywhere because we haven't seen any evidence of that. No, he's not. Our truth is not going to NXT UK. No, if. If they put this title on somebody like Cassius Ono, yeah. who's first in NXT, then he's on NXT UK, and then he like had a repeat appearance for Kushida's debut yeah. on NXT, that right there is how you should treat a 24-7 mm-hmm. title. It'd be like the mm-hmm. network title like we've talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So if it, if it was anything else, I'd say it's that. Yeah. Uh, next from Andy Nero. Hey, friendos. Hey, Stephen Lawson. It's Nero here with a match check question. Um, this week's one is regarding... Uh, Double or nothing, and specifically Puck. Do you think Puck should have just done the job? I mean, Double or Nothing was a huge success, all told. Great show, fantastic show. And uh, and personally, I think he should have just done the job. Um, I mean, we'll see. What would he have lost? Uh, to me, he came off as a bit of a difficult worker, um, rather than it being AEW's fault. I thought it was Puck's fault, but that's my take. Anyway, take care, friendos. Tell me what you think. Bye. Thank you, Andy Nero. Andy Nero. Now it's your turn to go first. Sure. I, I don't know that he should. Okay, I'll say this. He shouldn't have done the job because I totally understand. But they should have figured out a way to get him the damn match. He should have been there to have a match to do something. Look, we had uh, the Young Bucks and uh, and Lucha Brothers. Clean finish. Jericho Omega. Clean finish. Cody uh, uh, Dustin. Uh, clean finish. Uh, women's fatal four-way clean finish. Joshua, we had all these clean finishes. Yeah, that's what they want. You can allow one scrub finish. That's not what they wanted, man. It's not what they wanted. Okay, I'm just saying I would have been okay with As a wrestling fan, right. for me, I would have been okay with it. That's totally fine. I understand as a wrestling fan, Pac doesn't want to look bad because he's got that title, which he covets, which is great. But... You saw how hard we marked out for the idea of seeing Pac and Hangman. Now, that being said, nobody was complaining about Double or Nothing. It was a fantastic show. Nobody thought it was lacking anything. However, yeah, if given the opportunity, I haven't watched that Pac-Hangman match. I'm sure it's great. Would have loved to have seen it live. So, yes, I think that he should have been there. Should he have done the job? No, not necessarily. You don't have to do that. It's wrestling. There's a million different ways you can get out of, 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 of having anybody look bad. Figure it out. My goodness. Talk about... Needing to loosen your belt a little bit. Well, they couldn't figure it out, so they probably did the best thing they could uh, uh, and just not have the match. It was clumsy how it was executed, but the end result was worthwhile. We have Higman Page taking on Chris Jericho for that title, and it all worked out in the end. 
Well, yeah, I still would have. I would have liked to have seen Pac too. Yeah, but well. I mean, he's 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 he seems like a very particular individual. He he, he knows what he wants, and well, he's a bastard. He so. is a bastard. Um, and so if if he while holding that Dragon Gate title does not want to take any pinfall losses, then I guess that's his prerogative. The only and issue I have with tell them in advance, and they don't that's the only issue the I have with the whole thing is is this should all have been worked out before any matches were announced. Yeah, yeah. And I don't put that on Pac's uh, feet because if he was up front with that at any point during negotiations, well, I don't know. Nobody knows what happened. Yeah, I know exactly. Talk so many circles. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But that all should have been worked out in advance before any matches were announced. And if he's not in a position to take any pinfall losses, then yes, you have to work something else out. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a, actually have a beef with him not doing the job. I mean, he's he's got his brand he's trying to build. Um, so if he feels like he has to protect his brand while he's yeah. got that title, then that, that's 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 good for him. That's what he's got to do. Just don't try to sell me a ticket based on him being there. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Next guy question from Tanner. What's up, Stephen Larson? I just discovered time travel and I'm bringing prime Bobby Heenan to the future, who is his new Heenan family? Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. So, I so in my mind, you need... All right, well, first off, Larson, please define for the people the Heenan family. Heenan family is a, a, a long-running faction that had a lot of turnover. It did. Throughout the 80s. It did. Uh, led by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. Um, and we there were countless iterations of it. Uh, I think Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect. I can go on and on. Members of the Heaton family uh, are endless. There's a lot of turnover. Look at that. So, okay, just alone the WWF version per the WWE encyclopedia, thanks to Wikipedia, Adrian Adonis, of course, Andre the Giant, the Barbarian, Big John Studd, the Brain Busters, who was Arn and Tully, Buddy Rose, the Brooklyn Brawler, the Colossal Connection, Harley Race, Her- Hercules, the Islanders, Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy, the Missing Link, Mr. Perfect, Paul Orndoff, the Red Rooster, Ric Flair, Rick Rude and C.V. Afi. So I'm going to uh, approach the construction of this version of the Hina family. Uh, like we typically construct factions here in the show, you need a main eventer, a tag team, and one, if not two, mid-carters. Main eventer, Bob Lashley. 
Okay. I think he would do wonders with uh, under Bob Heenan's tutelage. Yeah. Uh, tag team. This makes a lot of sense in the world. It's got to be the Revival. Um, yeah, that's Old good. Old school guy like Bob Heenan with the Revival. Match made in heaven. Mid-card monster, Lars Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine the the skits and vignettes they can do between Bobby Heenan and Lars Sullivan would have been great. Yeah, that's true. And then Dana Brooke. Oh, I like that. That's good. That's Dana Brooke. Good. All right. By all accounts, she's been putting a lot of work into yeah. uh, enhancing her skills. I'd like to see that rewarded by being a member of New Heenan family. Okay. All right. That's good. Where's my answer? Oh, here we go. This is what I got. I got Rob Rude. He's... Man, that dude should not be hanging out at a block party. Let me tell you that much. He should be wrestling. Mm-hmm. So first, Rob Rude. A couple of guys that they aren't doing anything which, with right now, which swing is the, interesting because the they're the tag champions. Give me Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. I feel like those guys need to get out of cartoon clown limbo and uh, and put on a serious face, man. I think they could be really good. Uh, I'm going to throw the Iconics in there. It's right. a new age, man. We've got a women's tag division. Let's put the Iconics in there. And then lastly, could you imagine, Larson, could you imagine the comedic uh, uh, exploits of one Bobby the Brain Heenan and Baron, Baron Corbin? Corbin? Yeah, I thought about Baron too. That would be, well, he, Baron's a bit, he's kind of a Mr. Perfect type maybe, you know, snarky heel guy, no. thinks his S doesn't stink. He calls everybody the favorite son. Might not be the worker Mr. Perfect is, but I could see a little bit of a crossover there. Mm, I don't feel like Baron's the athletic wonder that Mr. Perfect uh, swore he was just based on his Titan draw. You do realize, of course, that that was all. Real, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, okay, I won't, I, won't, I won't spoil it for you. Though. Please, thanks. No, yeah, I appreciate that. Next from uh, Rich. Take it away, Rich. Rich and his babies. Hey, friendos. Rich the Smash Bro here with little friendos. That is Michaela. And you guys already know Chase. Anyway. We have a little bit of a debate for you guys. We want you to pick one and, you know, kind of laugh about the rest. But we had an idea for funny moments. Uh, I wanted to know what was your funniest Big E moment about him coming out and doing his crazy stuff. Michaela has an input and so does Chase. All right. I say the funniest moment is when Titus tripped underneath the ring. John Cena. WrestleMania. Um... When John Cena embarrassed Elias. Elias at WrestleMania 35. So we want your thoughts on that. This is, you know, her first Mad Chat question, his second. You'll be seeing more of them. But take care, friendos. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye-bye. Bye, Later, dudes. Thank you, Rich. Uh, I will go first this time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I mean, dude, there's been so many funny bits. Edge and Christian. I really loved Edge and Christian's silliness and then with Kurt Angle. I, I would have to say, though, my favorite comedian in the WWE, like Rock is a close second. My number one is Steve Austin. His heel run when he got in the goofy stuff, singing Kumbaya, and then that hug he gave McMahon, and he was just staring and smiling. Yeah, that was great. Oh, it's just that was terrific. I'm going to say Steve Austin's heel turn and that run of his. The beer truck was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that was great. wildly entertaining. That was pretty awesome. funny. Uh, New Day's a lot of st- done a lot of stuff uh, that really cracked me up. That time machine bit they had. Remember that? Yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. Funny. That was good. I like the first rap battle. Yeah, that was really good too. That was really good. That was really good. Yeah. Both, both the rap battles were pretty good. They were both pretty good, but that first one. I mean, honestly, 
A lot of that's on the Usos. That writing for the Usos. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> Rated R like your boy Woods. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm going to say those. I mean, but honestly, every time The Rock would be on camera saying stuff, I'd be laughing the entire time, like back in the you know Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. Um, Jericho in WCW. Oh, yeah, he was great. Was a crack up. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yep. He was great. Yep. For uh, unintentional comedy, though, you have to you have to go to the living legend himself, Larry oh, Zbysko. He's in the wall, dude. Non intention, unintentional comedy. He was the king of it, right? Was there anybody else? Warrior, maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe Warrior. Maybe. One of the funniest things WWE's ever produced is that first Warrior DVD. That thing is hilarious. Like an hour and a half official shoot interview. Oh man, it's great. Uh, next from the B Man, Patrick Sparks. Hey, friendos, Pat here. All right question this week is kind of an obscure one but fun one brawl for all only with owners slash bookers of companies i'm talking territory days i'm talking now so brawl for all with vince tony khan eric bischoff jeff jarrett jim hurd jim Cornette, bill watts i don't know whoever you can think of gato Brawl for all. Bookers, owners, book it. Have fun. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. All right, so you probably have the right answer here. This guy was a freaking dominant MMA fighter. <laughs> so go ahead. Oh, Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. He was one of the founders of Pancrase. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he, in my opinion, the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whether it be wrestling or MMA. Yes, Minoru Suzuki. Is, okay, so wait a second. Pancrase. It's pro wrestling style mixed martial arts. Are you going to call that a prom, like a pro wrestling promotion, though? That's not the... That's, that's a brawl for all for promoters and bookers. That was his question. He didn't say it had to be pro wrestling uh, promoters or bookers. Yeah, but I mean, then you can extend into MMA in total. But I can just find any MMA guy out there. But before Pancrase, Minoru Suzuki was a pro wrestler, and afterwards he was a pro wrestler. Was and, he and a booker Pancrase, in those places? No, but he wasn't Pancrase. He was a proponer. He was one of the founders of the company. But Pancrase is like legit fighting, though, right? But it's pro wrestling style fighting, yeah. It's a hybrid thing. Okay. Look at their logo. It says, like, hybrid fight sports or something okay, on it. Okay, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, pro wrestling is like fake. Pancrase wasn't fake. It's choreographed, like the, yes. thing, the thing that really delineates the two is one's real, one's fake. <laughs> One's choreographed, one's not, yeah. All right, that's fine. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. There was a couple. I went with Antonio Inoki. That's a good answer, Remember that time he beat up that fat guy? Yeah, that wouldn't sell for him, yeah. He kicked him him to unconsciousness, yeah. And then what did he do in his match with Muhammad Ali? Oh, he laid on the mat and kicked. Yeah, he he busted up Muhammad Ali's legs. Man, that was my pick right there. Uh, Inoki versus Suzuki bout with MMA rules would be something else. Well, Minoru Suzuki would have destroyed him, probably. Probably. Didn't Suzuki beat, like, Ken Shamrock? Shamrock? He beat Dan Severn, too. And Dan Severn? Yeah, man. Oh, boy. That's terrifying. That being said, I think he cheated there. He's not a booker of an actual pro wrestling promotion. Pro wrestling uh, MMA. (laughs) You got to update. You got to learn about the Pancrase, man. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm an owner of a baseball football team. A what? It's baseball football. Well, it'd be more like a wiffle ball baseball team. (laughs) Wiffle ball baseball. Which one is it? Hybrid wrestling. That's what it's called, Steve. <laughs> is are any of the matches in their kayfabe? No. 
<laughs> okay, let's. But if you're utilizing, utilizing wrestling holes, then it is somewhat wrestling. And yeah, they're doing it on. professionally, therefore pro wrestling. Uh, next, Ryan Rugani. Do you think that if they give a best of seven series to Cesaro and uh, Ricochet, I'd even be open to putting them as a tag team because him and Tyson Kidd were so good together. Imagine the matches with the Revival or the Usos and Ricochet and Cesaro as a tag team. What do you guys think? Let me know. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Go ahead. Uh, no, they should not form a tag team. I, look, they'd be they'd be terrific with whatever they do. They're amazing. But Ricochet is, I want a singles competitor from Ricochet. I, I am not going to rest until Cesaro and what's the other guy? Cassius Ono. Until they are a tag team. Kings of Pro Wrestling. And Kings of Pro Wrestling is what I want to see. Damn it. They have all these amazing matchups, lineups that they could be putting together. Bullet Club, Kings of Pro Wrestling. Uh, probably, well, no, they don't have James Storm. They can't do beer money. But, you know, all sorts of great combinations they could be making out of people. Mm-hmm. And that would pop the fans. Yep. And they're not doing them. Nope. Give me the Kings of Pro Wrestling or nothing. Give me, you want to know what I want? I want uh, Apollo Crews and Ricochet. Maybe them because they're friends. I know yeah. that. Yeah. They're buddies. And then bring Moose in. And Akira Tozawa. They're all oh, friends. Oh, yeah. And Akira Tozawa. Yeah, they're all friends. Make the them four of them faction. make a faction, yes. So oh, uh, I'll agree with you. No tag team. But he mentions the best of seven between Cesaro and Ricochet. And I'd be on board with that. Yay. Yay. Completely yay on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question from Xena64. Salutations, friend. So question of the week is, if the stars aligned and everything went well in the future... Uh, in 20 to 25 years, let's just say uh, the Mrs. Daughter and Daniel Bryan's daughter, they both became respected wrestlers. Uh, how would you book uh, their feud? And how would you get the both dads involved? Because uh, the Miz and Daniel Bryan, they're both really great rivals and they both had a really great feud. So uh, how would you book a daughter and father versus daughter and father feud that would actually be booked really well in the future? Uh, yeah, just got me thinking. Uh, thanks. Bye. Thank you, Xena64. Thank you. Uh, so in my mind, like Daniel Bryan and The Miz, uh, paths don't cross ever again. Fast forward 20 years in the future. Um, and, and The Miz comes comes down to the ring with his daughter Monroe. Or The Miz just by himself and says, uh, you know, I, I'm retired, but there's one nagging thing in my mind that I never got to do to prove to the world and Daniel Bryan that I was right about him this whole time. He says, I can't wrestle anymore, but my daughter can. Bring in Monroe Miz. She comes down the ring, um, and, and they call out Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan uh, uh, brings Birdie with him. Um, there's a stare down between Birdie and Monroe. Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan tries to stretch the Miz. He <laughs> <laughs> okay. puts him in the LaBelle lock. The sad thing is, in 20 years, these guys are still, still going to look amazing. Probably. They're still going to look great. Here's what I want. I want to fast forward like 40 years from now. All right. When they're super duper old and probably still in amazing shape. Yeah, I know. People just live forever these days. It's crazy. Uh, but how about this? You can live pretty long. You take care of yourself. This is the story I really want. I want Birdie and Monroe to be one of the most dominant women's tag teams of all time. They are multi-time champions. They are inseparable. They are like the definition of tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. But their dads just don't get along. Yeah. Every time they have this big event, they're both there and they just start bickering. And that's the only way they ever lose their titles is because their dads are bickering and it distracts them. And to get to the point where they choose between their team or their, or their family. Exactly. There you go. That's good, too. Uh, next from Thayer Thabata. Thayer Thabata. I'm doing this just for you, Larson. A Minoru Suzuki question. 
who at the end of the day who will have a better career have had a better career Minoru Suzuki or Ric Flair thanks guys thank, thank you, you Thayer Thabata uh, go ahead so okay I'll, I'll add this I don't really know what because I'm not enmeshed in the culture uh, what Minoru Suzuki's legacy is in Japan beyond what I simply see on TV. And it seems to be a fairly strong one, but I'm not sure it's as iconic necessarily uh, in pro wrestling as Ric Flair's, which is more definitive because he's, you know, much older and he's retired now. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to say Flair, everybody considers him one of the greatest in ring workers of all time. They consider him one of the great talkers of all time. So I'm going to go with Ric Flair, but I'm also kind of ignorant in terms of, just what his, Suzuki's impact is yeah. in pro wrestling if you're in Japan. Strictly pro wrestling, then yeah, you probably got to say Ric Flair. If you're talking combat sports, anything mm-hmm. that, that involves r- real or choreographed fighting, yeah, then Minoru Suzuki's influence is vast. Yeah, I don't think I don't recall Flair ever t- participating in any like shoot tournaments. No, whereas uh, Minoru, Minoru Suzuki has won shoot tournaments. The, the biggest thing, though, defeated some of the top names in MMA history. The biggest thing in terms of legacy, though, is which of these men have fought giant monsters giant in a movie, monsters. and that's Minoru Suzuki. That's Minoru Suzuki. So advantage Minoru. He's also defeated a robot. Ric Flair never did that. Uh, Robocop. Did he defeat him, though? Well, the horsemen still stand. So and, I guess not. I guess Robotop, Robocop went down went down his back in that case, huh? Yeah, man. Another advantage for Suzuki. Uh, next, got a question from A.O. Worm. What's great, buddy? A.O. Worm here. Another Matt Chat question coming to you from Albert Miguel. Thank you very much for the question. All right, guys. So I believe it's Beer Fest going on right now. So I want you guys to pick a five-man team, one from WWE, one from AEW, to compete in a five versus five beer drinking contest from the boot. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. All right, guys, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, AO Worm. Thank you, AO. So that's what I got for Team WB Reigns. A lot of time he talked about how he likes himself some cold beer. He's chill Roman. Yeah. Chill Roman. Give himself a Corona or two. Okay. Uh, Brock. Oh, okay. I'm feeling like he enjoys a beer from time to time. Yeah. But uh, whatever is not the beer being advertised by the promotion he's in. Oh, yeah. Remember, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, what do you like? Coors Light th- or Bud Light? I think he was going to drink some Bud Light because Miller Light was the sponsor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Doc Gallows. It's all pissed, though. Doc Gallows. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like he enjoys himself. A brewski. Mm-hmm. And then Heavy Machinery. They definitely do. Oh, yeah. They have to. Uh, team All Elite Wrestling. Joey Janela. Sure. Jimmy Havoc. Oh, definitely. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Taylor. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not sure about Christopher Daniels. Uh, I would be surprised. I don't know. I didn't see him drinking at that party at all. Then again, I saw him on stage once. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, I'm going to go with this, of course, uh, co-leader of Beer Money, Rob Rude. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Connor is a drinker. Could be. He has a drinker body. Uh, Trent Seven. Mm-hmm. Definitely a, a drinker. Yeah, you he can likes see he, that. He likes to have a pint or two. Yes, Walter. Yeah, probably. How are you not? I mean, come on, that day. he's German. Uh, and then uh, Braun Strowman. You made a good point here. Maybe he's a body guy now. Maybe not. But I'm not sure he had to give up beer necessarily for that. I don't know, man. Be- uh, booze is one of the things that keeps you from getting cut. I like my AEW picks for beer drinkers. Luchasaurus. He's pretty jacked now too. Like his definition is midsection might preclude him from drinking too much. Maybe, but also he's a monster, so he can like you know entirely possible powers of whatever Luchasaurus. Yeah. Uh, Cody. Yeah, almost included Cody. I know he's a drinker. Yeah. He was on Jericho's podcast, I think, drunk, uh, or he had drinking stories. Uh, Pentagon. 
There's no he's he's kind of round. I think that he could totally be a drinker. Totally. Cerveza, por mm-hmm. favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mox. Yeah. Definitely Mox. He enjoys himself a beer from time to time. Absolutely. Sure. And then Awesome Kong. She seems like, man, I'd love to have a beer with her and Hell talk yeah, stories. Man. Hell yeah. That'd be great. Hell yeah. Good crew. Yes. Both right. good squads. Yes. Next up, the returning Renegade Soul. Let's see what he has to say. So we see this wrestling warfare going on with AEW. And WWE. And that reminds me of another iconic rivalry in cinematic history. That being the Rebel Alliance and the Imperial Forces. I want you to make a case in Fantasy Book some roles for each of the respective camps. Too sweet? Party handshake? Rock on? Peace out. Thank you, Renegade Soul. Renegade. Welcome back. Yes, welcome. Uh, this is what I got. Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna piggyback so, on your uh, answers. Of course, the the WWE would be the Empire, and so obviously Vince would be Emperor Palpatine. Sure. Which would of course make Triple H Vader. Yeah. Someone who's mm-hmm. been sucked into the dark side, however, still has some good in him, as we see with NXT. Um, and then Grand Moff Tarkin is gonna be played by Kevin Dunn. Ew. Over on the All Elite side, of course, they're the Rebellion. Yeah, of course. Uh, Luke will be played by Hangman Page. That's perfect. Uh, Han Solo, mm-hmm. John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Princess Leia will be Britt Baker. Okay. And then Chewbacca, portrayed by Luchasaurus. That makes perfect sense. Am I missing anybody from the main group of characters? Uh, Admiral Akbar. Um, Tommy Dreamer. Well, he's not really a full time member of the AEW roster. He doesn't have to be, man. He's supportive. He'll be there. He's sort of the old veteran. Who, who should be R two D two and C three PO? The uh, best friends. Good, good. <laughs> it's totally best friends. Yeah. yeah. Who should Kenny be? What about did you do Obi Wan? No. Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> That's better. Yeah. <laughs> or DDP. <laughs> or, or Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. Dustin yeah, Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes is good. Yeah. What about Kenny? Who's Kenny going to be? Uh, Kenny would be any Lando. Do we need a Lando? Yeah, Lando. Kenny could be Lando. I have a good deal here with the Empire. You son of a bitch. <laughs> what about Boba Fett? Who be Boba Fett in WWE? Uh, Boba Fett in WWE. Well, Boba Fett, he's not part of the Empire. He's I know. a hired he, hand. He's a hired hand. So you have to go outside WWE and outside AEW. He's someone who but you know, could be brought in as a freelancer from time to time. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Uh, oh crap! I don't know. Brock should be Boba Fett. He's a mercenary. Oh, oh my God, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah Brock Boba job. Fett. Yeah. Uh, last one. Text question from Luis Ariza. He says, "Would the wrestling landscape be different if Dusty was still with us? Maybe he could have convinced Cody to stay and prevent him from going to the Indies, hence delaying All Elite Wrestling, or had some creative influence on Maine and not let Vince control everything." Um, from my understanding, Dusty was a coach in NXT. True. At the time of his passing. True. Um, what year did he pass away? Do you recall? Was it after Cody had already left? Because Cody left in 2016, right? He left three years ago. May almost. of 2016. Yeah. yeah. So no, it was 2015 when he passed away. Okay. So, right. um, I honestly don't know. In one sense, I could see if Cody was frustrated that Dusty would be 
because Dusty had a fairly entrepreneurial uh, spirit, I believe. Like, and if Dusty, Dustin, or sorry, Cody was like, I'm not happy here. I don't feel like they're utilizing me to my fullest. I want out. I feel like, granted, I don't know the man, never knew the man. Cody's, he, I think he's, he has spoken on it. I don't remember what he said, but I'm pretty sure, I thought I remember him mentioning, you know, something about his dad and how he feels he might have felt about his, his asking for his release. Um, I don't recall it off the top of my head, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't think I'll put it this way. I don't think that. Well, shit, I don't know. Maybe maybe he would be different. I mean, if Cody never leaves, oh yeah, none of this happens. Nope, none of this happens. Nope. So, but I don't, I don't think Dusty, if he were still around, would have much of any influence on how Vince controls everything on the main roster now. Because I don't. Oh think God, no. He no. wasn't even around on no. the main roster at the time of his passing. So I think WWE would be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But the only question is, if AEW ends up making any sort of impact with how WWE does things, which is possible, it's for sure possible, then you know Cody leaving could be a big deal. He really could be. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know how Dusty would play into all that. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, anyways, thanks everybody for your questions. You too can be on Matt chat at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, $20 a month gets you there. And, uh, we'd love to see your video questions. Uh, and if not, just keep on enjoying the show, tell your friends and, uh, thanks for watching till next time. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done. Well, I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.